Blog Talk Radio. The Enterprise scene, but I guess it's not like There it goes. <laughs> Getting from there to here. It's been a long time. But my time is finally here. But I can feel the change in the wind right now. Nothing's in my way. And I'm not gonna hold it down no more. No, the night. Cause I've got faith on the heart Going where my heart will take me I've got faith to believe I can do anything I've got strength on the soul No one's gonna bend or break me I can reach and Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Jess Armline coming to you from the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Good evening, everybody. I am so happy that you're here today. I can, I just can't stand it. Anyway, so, you know, I always tell you that. I, I play that theme from the Enterprise, that um, the newest one, which is actually a prequel to Star Trek, um, because it talks about faith, okay, and it talks about strength, and it talks about um you know, uh, strength of the heart and strength of the soul, which I believe that everybody with uh, chronic illnesses that is that are still, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, you know, let's face it, you guys are the strongest people that I know. And uh, I, I've honored that over the past couple of years um, by bringing you uh, shows about uh, healing, about uh, empowerment, about learning uh, that you know, chronic illnesses are not permanent. And, and the... Huh, if you'll excuse the indelicacy, the dog do that you're being uh, fed is actually that dog do not, and they want you to think it's dark chocolate, but it's not. Uh, the reality is that uh, there's no such thing as autoimmune diseases. It's a downstream effect of something else. And uh, you've been learning it so well that there are doctors that are breaking down our doors right now to learn what it is we know as if it were a secret. Uh, the only thing they don't realize is that it takes work, um, something that is inimical to um most um, medical types that I know. Anyway, so um, talking about spirit, talking about, um, you know, uh, the esoteric, we have not really covered an awful lot of that. Uh, and uh, tonight, I'm going to introduce you to John Cuzon. He kept saying cuisine, and now that that cuisine stuck in my, stuck in my head. Uh, and I told him not to say that because that gets stuck in my head, and I'm going to call him John Cuisine from now on. Okay, I am not even going to attempt to tell you his background because he embodies the word eclectic. Okay. And I'm going to insist that he tells you his entire background. Presently, he does transformational healing. Uh, he has a boatload of certifications and degrees, and he's got all the good scientific stuff and all the good esoteric stuff, and he puts it all together. And I'm proud of him, and I'm a little jealous, but I'm proud of him mostly. And um, and you should know that he is on a referral list, okay? He's one of the few people who are. Um, and remember that our referral list, uh, you just don't get on it easily. You have to, you know, have the basic didactic training, and you have to mentor with Sean and or I for a period of time, so we're very sure that 
you're going to deliver the quality of care that our listeners expect. Okay, and uh, we're the only people doing that, so keep an eye on our referral list. Uh, also, uh, you should know that our total listeners have exceeded 95,000. 95,000. I, I, I looked at the number today, I was like, it, it shocked even me. Uh, it's like, people are really listening to me, and I, I understand that they listen to me for my jokes. Oh, well. Okay, so. <laughs> anyway, I am proud, as you can imagine, to introduce John. Oh, God, pronounce your last name now. I've got. Now it's got Cuisinart in my head. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> uh, close John, enough. How's Welcome, that? We'll friend. work with John. <laughs> there you go. We'll work with John. John, please, um, and don't skimp. Tell everybody about your background. Well, thanks, Dr. Jess. It's a pleasure to be on here. 95,000 people, do you see me hiding behind the curtain? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought this it's an amazing number. I didn't know it would go here. <laughs> Well, yes, I'm a transformational guide. Yeah, that's a that's a, one of the funny things that people will say, and this is one of the jokes that my both my clients as well as my my friends have, and they say something like, "What does he do exactly?" Because I, I've seen such a change in you, and you seem so much better. And they say, "Well, what does he do?" And everyone just laughs. They just smile. I don't know. Half the time, I don't know. But that doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing. It means that there are so many things that you have to look at with every individual because each person is, is an individual. And that doesn't make anyone more special than the other. It just means that, as you've shown, and, and I love the name, that, the name that you've come up with, which is the, the bio-individualized medicine, because when you look at an individual, and if you, if you, if you pointed out very clearly we can look at the genomes and we can say, this is what it looks like, however, how they're expressed. And as you said also, if we have twins, we may have completely different expressions in them. And I've seen that too with twins. And the idea is that when you listen to somebody that has grown up in the same family and they have very similar genes and they've had, they grew up in the same household, they grew up with the same parents, the same siblings, went to the same school, and so many other things. And you say, how can you have two people that are so completely different in who they choose as partners in their life, what choices they make in, in their education, in their career, as well as how their body expresses things? It's, it's extraordinary. So I look at all the dimensions. I look at the dimensions of them as, as both that biological being I look at them as that emotional being, that spiritual being, uh, the energetic being. All of these things are a composite of, of who they are. And still, even then, that's not who they are. That's where the spiritual part comes in. When you see that somebody's an infinite and eternal soul first, and you say, what is this person doing on this planet? What are you, what are you here to do? What are you here to experience? And frequently, and I'm sure you've seen this yourself, Dr. Jess, they are on a journey, and part of that journey may be this illness. It's, it's telling them something. It's showing them something. So even if you're at age 60-something, 70-something, 80-something, and you're finally coming to what this illness means, and you work with it, and you don't just do the cure because... I've seen people get the cure, but they were never healed. You know what I mean by that? 
Oh, yes, I do, but please do explain it. Yes. So with the cure, you can fix something. You can still look at them and say, you don't feel well. You don't feel whole. I've seen people, and I've worked with people, where they healed, but they may have let go of their body. They may have passed over. They may die. But you can see they feel whole. And in that wholeness, their family is influenced, and you can see as they pass over that there's joy in them. There's this feeling of, and I'll use that word, love. You feel the love. You feel as they pass over, you feel that incredibly powerful light feeling of love that they have for themselves and for everyone around them. There's like a deep appreciation and a gratitude that they have. And the people around them who were so afraid of their death have accepted. So that word acceptance comes into play here because there's, in that acceptance, there's a trust that the change, the shift that happens has purpose, it has meaning. And the people that have survived have moved on. They see a change. They see a change and they feel a change that has happened or come over them. And to me, that's part of the healing. So if you choose, for example, to move past this idea of uh, in order to heal, I have to let go of my body, I have to accept that. But I can also accept if you say, I want to live, and you choose to keep that body and I can say, well, then let's play with that part. Let's work with your energy. Let's work with your biochemistry. Let's see what's happening inside there. And what are you supposed to learn from this? So somebody that's been through Lyme that has not only survived but had the courage to heal it, and, and you've seen it again and again and again. People walk in the door. They hand me a box full of, of doctors, tests. They're, they've been to the naturopath, the homeopath. Just a box? Boy, you're lucky. <laughs> they walk in with sh shopping bags in my office. Well, they have trouble the getting up the stairs, man. Are the supplements. They, are they cured? The, the, the right, 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 right. Right? And then there's the I get, I, I get it bad when UPS walks walks in the back with this big <laughs> box and says, I see you're not I see you're not going home this weekend because it's the records for my Monday appointment. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> it looks like I'm not going home. <laughs> I think I better go get something to eat, you know. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm generally stuck in, in the in the hole here. And my, my good my sweetheart here brings me food and says, I think you need to eat something. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you just bit the pit. Thank you. But <laughs> not to interrupt you. Me too, please. <laughs> You're really. <laughs> You're incredible. Not, not to interrupt your flow, but I I do yes. want to um I do want you to address in this beginning part. Yeah. Uh, because people, when they think about spirituality, they they think about a lot of woo woo. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, but you have you have standard degrees. You have uh, degrees in uh, environmental uh, toxicology, um, and I'd, yeah. I'd like you to let people know about that too. Because you know something, being yeah. spiritual is great, but we're 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 used to some, a lot of spiritual people. I, I don't want to say this unkindly, but some spiritual people hide behind the spirituality because that's all they know. Yeah. And and that's not a bad thing, but they shouldn't be holistic practitioners if that's all it is that they do or all that it is that they know. Uh, oh, you okay. you accomplish a true holism, which is what I want my our listeners to understand about you. Well, that's the thing. You know, there was a period of time when I said, "Okay, I'm tired of I'm I'm tired of the sort of voodoo 
stuff, and and I, I really want to know the science. I, I came from a, a family of, of artists, and they were spiritual from the very beginning. Not, and I don't just mean religious, but they had a spiritual life because they came from the Hawaiian Islands and they're from the, um, the American Indian, and and there's this feeling. There's a very different feeling, even if they practiced Catholicism. There was something in them that was very different. But it was not really of this earth, and and I and anyone that's been in the art world would, would understand what I'm saying there. When you work with scientists, you have to have this empirical evidence, and it has to be solid. And that was something that felt really good to me. It was something I could feel safe with. Okay, I have this. I can I can repeat this. I can show that if I do this, I get this result. So there's this cause and effect, and there's this a grounding effect that came to me. And I loved working in those laboratories. I wanted to work in those clinics. I wanted to cut open into that body, and I wanted to see how it worked. How does this thing work? And in some ways, I pushed all of that sort of spirituality that I had as a young man away, and I wanted to go deep, deep, deep into the science, and I wanted to know this medicine. What does it do? How does it work? What's, what's behind this? How does this body work and what makes somebody tick? When you start to take it apart and you see the parts, when you, when you really do dig into a body and you see here's the liver, here's the pancreas, here's the thalamus, all of these things that you say, this is what the body's composed of, and you look at this cadaver and you say, this person had a life, right? It's a very strange feeling to look at this cadaver and you realize I'm cutting into something that is not just a body, it represented a life. And what was behind that? What, what's behind that? So that's what drove me closer to say, it's got to be the chemistry. It's got to be something behind the chemistry. So I went into the, the biochemistry and I went into the neurochemistry. And I wanted to see what makes this stuff happen in the brain. How does it work? How does somebody think? What makes them feel these things? So going into... The, the research avenues, as well as the clinical parts, I saw how the emotions worked, and I thought, maybe that's what drives these things. Maybe it's the emotions. So I wanted to study the psychotherapy behind it. And I went, it's not just the emotions. There's the emotions, there's the chemistry behind the emotions, and then there's the energy. What is this energy we're talking about? Well, we can go into it in terms of quantum mechanics, into the physics, but then there was something else that I learned about, and that was the metaphysics. How do these principles work on the planet? How does it, how does it actually shift and change both people in terms of how they feel, how their body manifests, how they, how they create relationships? And, and the kahunas in Hawaii would say everything's a relationship, meaning your, your relationship to your food, your relationship to yourself, your relationship to your family, place you live. Everything is a relationship. So I wanted to see what are these relationships and, and how does that come into this single body as a human being. And so the, the science behind it was driving me, but there was also that quiet pull that kept saying, but there's something else, there's something else, there's something else. When, when it came down to it, and I got into the medical part as far as I could and into the science, and you keep cutting things apart. That's part of working in clinics and, and especially in labs. You end up chopping up animal parts and body parts and grinding them up and throwing them through centrifuges and 
putting them through atomic absorption machines and you're looking at numbers, but you say, you start to say everything's a vibration, isn't it? Every chemical has a vibration, every cell has mm -hmm. a vibration, every component. And when we talk about these vibrations or we measure them, whether we're using uh, AA analyzers or, or any of the other uh, laboratory uh, equipment, you are looking at frequencies and vibrations, aren't we? And then you start to think, well, my thoughts are vibrations too, aren't they? My emotions are vibrations. That's true. Everything is a frequency. Everything's a vibration. And how do they harmonize or how are they in disharmony? This is where I started to say, let's look at what's around us. And that's the environment. That's how I ended up going into the environmental toxicology because I started to recognize, and especially in the 70s and 80s, we were just waking up to this whole idea that said, this environment is like you've said in the past, if you want to fix the fish, you got to fix the water, right? Right, so exactly, exactly. I had written that at some point, the ecological health has a direct correlation to our human health and everything around us. And that was a big deal back then, to correlate that and to say that and then to have the not just the EPA recognize it, but then the judges at the federal level say, that's true. Now let's see the correlation between environmental health and human health. Because if we cut somebody off from their environment, well, we know what happens. If you take a monkey and you just you cut it off from its environment or any of the, any of the nurturing, it dies, right? It just dies. Right. And, and that's a very painful thing. So here we are as human beings and we're cut off from our, our environment. And how are we cut off? Well, we're cut off in a number of ways physically because we end up in these houses and buildings and cars and things like that, or even cities. And we're cut off because we don't know what the, what the relationship is between the water we drink and where the source is, as well as the foods that we eat and where they come from. And now we're seeing so many of the illnesses related to that. Now let's take it all the way back to... Say it again. Uh, say it again. I lost the last sentence. I said, uh, how, do, how, do we, how do we go from this disconnection to our earth and the water and all of these all of these resources that keep us alive and nurture us, right, to the spiritual aspect. Well, this is when I started to make the connection between these teachers that I had that were mostly from the indigenous tribes, and whether they, they were the American Indians, the Lakotas, medicine men and women that I worked with, as well as the kahunas in Hawaii and the Taoists from China. They keep you connected to the earth and to the water and to the plants and to the animals, and they show you how you are related to them and how they keep you alive constantly, whether you know it or not. And we can take that further. We can say that even those, the, the microbes and the algae and the viruses that we're so afraid of, they are actually keeping us alive too, aren't they? So there's a connection. At, and again, these are all frequencies. Every part of these, uh, everything that we connect to has a vibration and a frequency. What I started to see was if somebody is in a state of, of ill health, then there must be a disconnect from this, the physical, 
the emotional, from their connection to their self, to this earth, to their own spirit, and maybe to the spirit of the planet. And this is where I would say dis-ease begins, right? We call that right. disease, right. but it starts as a dis-ease. I'm disconnected from, from something. I'm, I'm cut off. I'm shut off. And I'm sure you see it just like I do. When somebody comes in, they feel very isolated. Uh, their experience with their illness has put them into a state of isolation. Even if they're getting a lot of attention from the medical community or from their family or somebody else, they still feel isolated. You see that? Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah, the, the attention they're getting is, is not cohesive. It's divisive. Mm -hmm. It's it's myopic. Exactly. I mean, right. We say it in different ways, yeah. but the whole the whole idea of a true holistic practitioner, a lot of people look at that as a lot of woo woo, like I'm going to yeah. swing a dead chicken over somebody's head or use crystals. Right. But the true idea of holism is to put every that person back together, and that yeah. person's not just together; it's together with the earth. It's where we come from. It's we yeah. we resonate with the earth. It's been shown a bunch of different ways. Craniosacral therapy, upledger, yes. you know, that's that's the basis of, you know, the rhythm is the rhythm of the earth itself that you're supposed right. to, you know, uh, put that back together uh, with that person. But we have so many ways of disconnecting today, you know, yes. and then yes. all the, the uh, electronic um Interference that we're throwing in, which is, as you said, all guilty, vibrational. Guilty as charged. No, 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 no. But you're putting it, put it together, brother. Keep putting it together because yeah. this is some of the areas that we've not even touched upon over yeah. the past couple of years. We've been doing it in pieces yeah. on purpose because people yeah. need to understand. And they understand well. I've got to tell you something. My audience, I'm very proud of them. They are some of the most medically sophisticated people. They are nobody's fools. And guess what? This is a just yet another permutation of how come I don't feel together? How come I don't that's feel right. well? Yeah. How come I don't? Well, and you're, well, you pegged it. It's right. you you pegged it. It's connectedness, you know, yeah, and it it's something we that other places have that we don't. Yeah, and that's that's the big part. And again, when so frequently when I see people go down their path of 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 the healing, you know, they first look for the cure, and that's unfortunately how they're treated, they're being fixed, and they don't, they aren't given the correlation or connection to why you're taking this particular mineral or this particular vitamin or, or any of these medicines, they, they've lost that, that information. And for that matter, many of the doctors have lost what that connection is. That's why, for me, learning the pharmacology and the pharmacogenetics, and and again, I go all the way back to when I first published in pharmacogenetics. That was a crazy idea in the 70s that somebody said, and, and the dean that I was working for, Dean Irwin at the University of Colorado School of Pharmacy, he was proposing that there's a connection between maybe there's genetics that are related to somebody's chemistry, that if you have the wrong kind of genetics, you might have a problem with that particular chemical. Or maybe the correlation between alcoholism and this particular gene related to alcohol dehydrogenase. That was a crazy idea. And we went after mm -hmm. it. And there it was. And it just spurned. And suddenly everyone wanted to jump on that bandwagon and said, then let's look at everything else. Let's see what else is here. 
that was, again, that was such a great idea. But then how did we apply it? Well, it took how many years? 30-odd years now for us to finally say, this is right. how you apply that information. Now you take it too far. And as you've, you've pointed out so many times, now people just try to go right after the SNPs, and they're trying to hope that if I treat the SNP, that I'm going to stop the alcoholism, right? No, it's sort of <laughs> like trying to... Well, it's true, but you know this is typical because we're we're trained like this. You know, we're trained yeah. to take this pill and everything will be okay. You yeah. know, but that's akin to you know trying to put a curve into a chain. You know, yeah. you, you can you're not going to do it by working on each link or one link. You do the whole chain, and they, and the links will fall into place. Uh, the yeah. point I want to make to everybody who's listening is, if you've been listening to John right now, you've you've heard that he has testified in court as an expert witness on these areas okay he's done actual scientific research and at the time you know uh research that no one else was even thinking about he was thinking outside of the box in the 70s okay and and what i'm pointing out to everybody is that uh what you're glossing over in your <laughs> in your shyness okay uh that i know about you you have you know um you're very well healed i mean to be able to testify in federal court, I've done, I, I have degrees in forensic medicine. I've done expert witness work myself, but qualified as an expert witness in a federal quite a big deal. Okay, it means that they recognize you as an Uber expert. Okay, so um, just want to let everybody know that, and you can you can turn red later, but this is you're turning red anyway. <laughs> You know, it, it is it is one of the most intimidating things you can do until you actually step in the court and you realize, I know this stuff, I know this, and you don't. I'm comfortable <laughs> with this, and and good luck, good luck, because if if you really want to try me, uh, I'm glad to take it on because I not only know this stuff but I love this stuff, and and you always you tell do, the truth. Yes, and you and you and in order to get that to that truth. You have to be in it all the time. You have to live it yep. and breathe it and, and make it your life. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get the degree of comfort. And even then, there's the humility that comes with it because you can't know it all. And, I mean, right. I am reading every day, all day long, continually, upgrading my information. And I still feel like I don't know a thing. And how long have I been studying this stuff and working with it? But... It's the applied science that I really love, and my my friends who are the, the theoretical scientists and, and medical researchers, they always look at me and go, "You're out, you're out of your mind. How would you ever want to do applied science and, and medicine? Because you have to actually prove things. You have to actually show it works. We can be theorists and we can write books and, and get accolades, Marjorie. but 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 we don't have well, to prove anything." <laughs> Let's face it, they whatever they do in an experiment, they cut out all the variables and they give us information. Yeah, right. We have to apply that to somebody with innumerable variables. That's what that's scares right. the heck out of research. I know researchers actually sweat when I come down the street. They're like, here he comes! Yeah, I don't know what he's done with my information, <laughs> I but I know I'm I not going to like it. Not, yeah, not today, John. No, please, not today. I got a few things I just got to ask you, all right? Just a couple of questions. It's never a couple of questions. They're like, no. <laughs> They would hide from me. They would see me walking down those halls towards them and go, hey, hey. <laughs> Great to see you. <laughs> I'm busy. 
oh no, it's him. And they sit, and then you know you really, you really got him when they have lookouts looking for you. You know, and they're like, oh my god, he's coming, he's coming around the corner. You know, it's like you know, houses losing pieces of brick, women pulling their children off the street. Here he comes. Hey, hey, hey! You know? well, just imagine, just imagine me walking into their lap and saying, so. Um, Behind all this stuff, what really makes somebody what makes somebody alive? You know, what is what does the soul have to do? If there's this, if if all of this stuff, uh, if we're talking about evolution, let's say, is just a random thing running down the road, that just we sort of happen to come from these minerals to these amino acids to these proteins, and that turned into a a squiggly little worm that ended up turning into a, uh, a vertebrate that climbed onto the land that ended up as a human being, right? And I'd say, so if evolution is supposed to be about simplification, how did we go in the opposite direction? There's got to be something else going on here. There's got to be a much higher mind that is saying there's a complexity we're adding. How do you explain that? And, of course, here are these scientists <laughs> And they would say, well, then what you're talking about is, is, is religion. I'd go, no, no, no. I just want to know what you think about it. What is, what is behind this? There has to be something driving here that is an intelligence, including these plants, sort of how they're related to each other, how that algae, how that fungi is, is connecting to all of these plants on the, on the planet, and they're giving information to and from each other. And how are we connected to that? And and what makes us, quote, more intelligent than these other things? And I know better than to say that I'm more intelligent that, than that tree or that rock or anything else. There is there's something about our intelligence. We have an intellect, but there's something very deep inside us that is, is what I call that, that inner healer. So even though you may come to me as somebody that says, I have this disease, I have this illness, I want to look at you and I want to ask you inside, what do you think it is? What are you learning from it first? What have you been learning? And and what do you think it is? And I'll, I'll look at them in that way. I may not say it out, out loud, but I may be saying this silently to myself, what is this person learning from this? And let's work from, from there. And yes, I can I can help them with the biochemistry. I can help them with their with their digestive system and and their and their neurochemistry and so many other things. But what I have to get to is is do you want to live? Because frequently some people come to me and I'll ask them that. Do you want to live? And there's a silence, there's a pause, there's that very awkward feeling that they're confronted with a, an honest question about their life. And they'll they might say something like, Well, I don't want to die. And I'll look no, and go, that's, that's not, not an answer. enough. That's, that's not enough, is it? I don't want to die. It's not enough. Is it you want to live? There's that pause again. And then when they finally... Because they never point, thought... Yeah. Go ahead. Because so frequently, think about it. When when you're young or when you're in a, a situation where it's it's painful, I don't care if it's when you're abused or if you've gone through a divorce or you've been humiliated in some way or another or you got fired, there's there's something in you that said, I could just die, right? Oh, mm-hmm. I just want to die. We you hear some you hear people say that every day. 
oh, I could just die, right? That's in right, some right. Way and it's not. It's not just a, right. It's yeah, an it's an affirmation because they don't realize it's like this is a pain in my XX or X. Exactly. You know, it's Gee, sort of like, why is it showing up in your neck? Why is that cancer in your right. throat? Why is that cancer in your gut? What is it? What is the disconnection here that you've made? Because, again, if we go back to the, the metaphysics behind it, we are talking about an emotion that has energy, and we'll even say it, it's in my gut, right? This is my gut feeling. And what if I've been cutting right. myself from that gut feeling? What if I felt it in my heart and I said, you know, I'm just going to shut off my heart because I'm just so heartbroken. I don't ever want to feel this again. Jeez, I wonder what happens when you shut off that energy and the, and the emotion related to that energy and you, and you isolate yourself even further. There's the disconnect again, isn't it? Well, that's the dis-ease. That's where we start. And then it manifests because the energy related to that organ you know, the Chinese have been talking about this for thousands of years, and so did the, mm -hmm. the, the Ayurvedics. They speak about this in terms of where the energy goes. How does the energy flow? So if we're looking at it, I'm going to keep looking at it from that perspective, not only from a biochemical and neurochemical and all these various pathways and, and the various genes that, that supply the enzymes or, or the, the, any other pathways that are related to it. But I'm going to look at it energetically and emotionally and from that spiritual part. Why would I cut that part off of my, from myself? I think about it like, here's, here's the phrase I hear so often with something like cancer. We're fighting it, right? We're fighting the cancer. Yeah. He's going to win that battle. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I go, right, exactly. What, the last thing you want to do is start a battle with, your, with yourselves, isn't it? I mean, because really... Right. Right. When, when you think about it, those cells really know what they're doing. They, they know something that you don't. And I think of them like, like terrorists, right? We, we think about, we even call them terrorist cells, don't we? We have these terrorist cells. <laughs> think about the, think about the yes. billions of cells we have in ourselves, right? And you might have a, a microgram, a milligram of cells and versus what? 175 pounds of you of cells and and you're and you're in terror because of that and we have what eight billion people on the planet and we have what 10 20 thousand terrorists on the planet really what do you need that we're not giving you why have we why are we so afraid of you what do you need from us instead of us going after you and attacking you with everything and starting these battles that are endless and have no meaning to them and people just get hurt, right? People die from this stuff. What if we just said, what do you need? What, what, what is it that you, what you, what would make you feel better? What would allow you to come back into harmony with us? I say that about the cells too in the body. What do you need from, what do you need from us right now? What is missing? It is, it is a matter of harmony or symphony, isn't right. it? Right, it's the harmony, isn't it? It's it is, it is the harmony. Almost, almost the concept of getting out of your own way. You, you mentioned this, the, the cellular function, you know, and how the yeah. cells know more than we do. And you got a milligram worth of cells, which may be a couple of million cells as opposed to our, what, 30 trillion cells. Exactly. You know, we worry yeah. so much about it. We, we're probably getting in our own ways, our own way, and pulling our, and blocking our own healing power. Yeah. I know that that's very, 
esoteric, but it's true. You, you know, back in 1975, they coined the word, um, it was Adler, I think, uh, coined the word psychoneuroimmunology, you know, where they finally started reading the studies or doing the studies that said, gee, if somebody's got a lot of stress, they tend to have more colds. You know, they have, uh, you know, and they started making the connection between psycho and neuro, the mind, and the spirit, and immunology, you know, which, yeah. of course, then turned the neuro into immunology later on. But, yeah. you know, they, uh, it's there. The connection is absolutely yeah. there. Uh, and uh, do they, right? Nobody argues that anymore. No, that's, nobody that's argues. Like yes, but they do argue it. Okay, <laughs> they're still looking for that, that quote-unquote evidence-based medicine, the scientific certainty, which is an impossibility. Yeah. Okay, there's no such thing as a scientific certainty. No one can be that certain about anything. You know, you can't even predict the position of any, you know, remember the Heisenberg uncertainty principle because yeah. they had a, you know, they don't know where the electrons are at any particular time. Yet they, they apply it and we get into our own ways, you know, our own healing. We get block our own healing because we're trying to get too minute instead of looking at the whole. And that's... That's where that's things game, happen though. if you it, allow that. That's the game, really. It is. It is going. It's going to the to the micro and coming back out to the macro and somewhere in between the mesocosm world of of who we are. It's finding the balance in all three of those, right? Because again, I'm going to go back in. I'm still going to say, it's not your fault. You know, none of this is your fault. This was all a survival strategy. At some point, you had to say, in order for me to survive. I've got to stop thinking. I've got to stop feeling. I, I can't do that. You'll see this, this sort of again, the, this this break off of of sense senses internally, so that somebody can survive, say the abuse, right? So then you'll, they'll develop a complexity. We even call it a complex, don't we? Right. They'll create sure neurosis. Do. They'll create multiple personalities. They'll they'll end up in a state of schizophrenia or psychosis. There are all of these forces that happen on us or happen to us, and it's again not your fault. But we can look through this and find a way back so that you can go to that central pathway again and go back to that harmonious condition within your body, within the cells, within the tissues, within the organs, with your mind with your behavior patterns, with your choices that you make, whether they're foods or relationships to others, or even your relationship to your home or the car you drive, it doesn't really matter. These are all relationships. What if we bring them all into harmony again? What's going to happen? Well, you see the healing starts to take place. And it's an extraordinary thing to watch. The transformational work that I work on is not based on this sort of, what would I call it, the, the linear mind and the linear thinking of you have to do this in order to do this and in order to get that in order to get that to get this it's like the pursuit of happiness you'll never get there right, right? You're, you're always pursuing mm -hmm. it let's just go right to happiness let's forget the pursuing i'm just going to be happy for no good reason at all <laughs> i don't have to have a reason i'm just going to be that fool on the hill that's just completely happy no matter what's going down it's all burning i'm still smiling right <laughs> it's just happy there's no reason to be i don't need one what if I just chose to be well? Whatever that means. What does that feel like? There's the vibration. And, and it's almost inaccessible when you felt so lousy for so long. And, and it's been confirmed and reaffirmed and reaffirmed by every doctor, every specialist, and everyone else out there. They're looking at your illness 
and they're reaffirming your illness. And I keep saying, what about your wellness? That's there too, because you still have this body that's working. You still have these trillions of cells that are firing and functioning and keeping you alive, right? And, but we, and we, we concentrate yes. on the micro, we concentrate yeah. on the illness, which is really only a small part of the whole. Exactly, right? And, and when you recognize that and you say, but what about the rest of you that's really functioning no matter what you've done? You know, all sins are forgiven. I don't care. All right? Let's just let go of it. And I, I agree. Your father was the son of a bitch, right? Your mother abandoned <laughs> you. Your sister really killed you on that one. Your husband left you. Okay, these are all very mean things, and your children won't talk to you. I get it. That hurts. I would want to die after that, too. But can we forgive them? Can we just say, or even say, forgive me, right, for holding all this resentment against you? Or looking at you with such with such anger and rage, can I just forgive that and move on and and really heal this? That's kind of hard to say to somebody that was physically abused or sexually abused or something else. But you know what? When they do, when they do move into that state of forgiveness, they move into a state of grace, and it's almost like they're resetting their button of I can be alive now because I'm not carrying that burden anymore. I can release them, and I can release myself. And more importantly, what did I get out of it? I better get something for going through that, right? I, I drove through hell for this. I should at least get a bumper sticker, right? <laughs> I need something. I need something from this. You should get something from it. And frequently what you find is when people get to that place where they have forgiven and they feel forgiven. And, even, and this is somebody that might be a victim, and they don't recognize that they have to ask for forgiveness. That seems impossible frequently. But when they do get to that place, as I said, there's a state of ease that moves into them, and you see this light that comes into their eyes. It comes into their body. You start to see the shift in that illness towards a, towards a wellness, and they say, it, it just doesn't bother me anymore, or things have changed. That's the transformation that happens. And it doesn't it's, mean that I'm not using the chemistry because I am. I'm using no, 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 that's, every tool that I can find to get that body that's exactly true. to respond, right? Because I'm bringing that, that into the trick. with them too, right? Being, being doing the kind of work that we do, you know, certainly we have our various uh, bents, if you will, or, or areas that we're, I guess, more exactly areas we're more comfortable with. But we still need to understand MTHFR, methylation, detox. We need to understand nutrigenomics. We need to understand maybe applied kinesiology. The you know we need to understand biochemistry, neurotransmitters, and how they how they're affected. But it's sort of like playing the blues. You know anybody can play the notes, but you have to know, you know how the notes are played and why a certain note must be played in a certain way. Okay, that the wise, the wherefores, you know, is a is important. Okay, because that is what creates the music or the harmony or the symphony, uh, because yeah. everything is done at a cellular level, and yeah. a lot of you know a lot of our illnesses from being, you know, pulled away from um, pulled away from the source of our healing, which is the earth itself, and um, 
and you know we have strained relationships or no relationships because of distance because we have a worldwide you know people live thousands of miles away from each other where you used to come from a you know a village or a small neighborhood yeah, right. um, yep, exactly. which you know gave you a sense of identity you know yeah. you've lived and traveled worked, and studied literally all over the planet i mean i've gotten to know you quite quite well over the past several months um how you know i i know for me every time i do something new it it changes me in uh either a, a subtle or or more than a subtle way how is all the traveling and um and the work that you've done because i know you're even going to california tomorrow uh to work with uh other healers how's that changed you how's that uh how's that affected you well i i know i think it was mark twain that said uh it it uh what it does is it eliminates ignorance and, and bigotry, right, in, in some form. When, when you travel, because you, you do get used to your conditions, right? We get locked into a place. We start to identify with my, my location, my office, my, uh, my business, um, my friends, my family, my city. You even see it, you know, if, if I'm carrying a flag that says, uh, New York Yankees versus the Boston Red Sox. There's this identity that happens, and you start to lose this the sense of of the universality of humanity. And when you break free, and it goes all the way into you know that American flag or whatever else that whatever flag you're fly, you're you're flying. And again, there are all these things that we walk into with this bias, right? This this notion that says I am. An American. I am from uh, from Philadelphia. I am a Pennsylvanian. I am, and you and you see how there's the, almost like a defense that happens, a posture. If somebody mm -hmm. attacks your your team, you suddenly have this idea or this notion that there's a threat. When you travel, and you're forced into a completely different condition, and at least if you walk away from sort of the what would I call them like the 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 barriers of the uh, let's say the, the hotel or the or the resort, and you walk into the streets and you and you eat the food that they eat and you and you walk on the roads that they walk on and you and you frequent the places that they they live in and work with. You see humanity in a different way. You see that people are are just human beings and their souls. And I'm yet to say I've had a bad experience out there, and I've heard a lot of bad stories. But I hitchhiked all over the United States, all through Europe when I was younger. And some of them, yeah, they were a little crazy, and I've got some great stories to tell about those things. <laughs> I, I, they are, they're really good ones. And I, I, over a bottle of scotch, we'll talk about that sometime. But the truth, is, the truth is I have had only fabulous experiences meeting human beings all over this planet that opened their doors or showed me what they had or even when they were completely broke had no money they gave me a place to sleep they gave me food and i would say no please let me pay you for this and it's, they would look at me and say how could you possibly think that we really want you to have this we we want to give this to you there's something that happens where learning their language or or their symbols or living in their homes and traveling and working with them, it changes your perception of who you are because that stagnant idea of who you think you are 
has to has to be modified. And anyone that goes on these travels and then comes back to their hometown, yeah, it's always great to climb back into your own bed. But there is a change that happens, and you want to share that with people. But the photos aren't going to be able to fully express what you experience. And, True. and the little souvenirs that you bring back, they may hold some vibration that you can say, yeah, I remember where I got this, this stone or I got this feather or whatever it was. But the feeling that, uh, that remains with me uh, goes through me in, right down to my soul. And I think that's where I see how much I love that travel and how much I enjoy throwing myself out in the world because the variable, right? There's, there's, there's so much that is unpredictable out there. And that's you're learning. You're, you know, right? you're, you're learning that yeah. you're, you're expanding and, and realizing that, you know, um, it's like studying different religions. There's some basic yeah. truths that that yeah. are ubiquitous throughout the various religions, you know. Yeah, and um, religion, religions are 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 um, are location based, you know. Right. And um, when when you when you listen to like the the like the Lakota teachers would tell you about the sacred things, and what you learn about the sacred things is that it's. If you took one of those sacred things away from you, you would die. So that would include food, water, shelter, clothing, the sun, the earth, birds, fish, animals, bacteria. Everything that is on this planet is feeding us in some form or another and keeping us alive. Yeah, so if I take away your shelter, yeah, you might be okay for a period of time, but if it starts to snow... And how long are you going to last? Is it a day, a few days? What is it? You know, or if I take away your water, maybe it's a couple of hours, maybe it's a few days, but very likely you're going to die if you don't have it. When you realize every human being, every living creature requires all of these same things, then you, then you see this is the commonality that we have as human beings. And then we expand it a little further in terms of how about the medicine? You know, do we need that? Yes. In order to survive, we do need the medicine. And and we do need the affection. We do need the support from our human beings, our fellow human beings, right? So this is this is what you learn, is that these universal things, they, they matter to all of us. And it's a matter of have we made the connection to these things, and do we feel that? And by, by bringing sort of a a sense of reverence and gratitude for these sacred things, they're confirmed and affirmed in our, in our lives. And they, at the metaphysical level, it says, and because you show gratitude and appreciation for this, we'll bring you more. We'll give you more of this. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, just want to remind everybody that if you want to ask a question, uh, please call in at 646-595-2277. That's 646-595-2277. Also, if you're on the um, if you're in the chat room, just go ahead and type out a message, and I will ask John uh, while we're on the air. And um, some of the other things that uh, we talked about is, and now we're going to zoom out to the macro a little bit. Um, I don't know if you want to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, do you trust the medical, psychiatric practices and pharmaceuticals? And I know you know more about it uh, than most people. <laughs> yes and no. 
How's that? I, that's a nice great. Uh, it's a nice middle ground there, buddy. Take a stand, <laughs> will you? <laughs> well, here's here's where it goes. You know, I had a I had a really fabulous conversation with uh, a very good friend of mine, his brother, who is in the um, in the army. He's a, a colonel, and he's worked in the medical um, corps for uh, probably close to 20 years by now. Um, exceptionally sharp. And one of the things he started to talk to me about is bioindividualized medicine. And he was smiling. Tell me, tell me he stole my trademark <laughs> phrase. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll I, come, I, I swear I I'll come I get him. The people have been stealing the phrase. I've been nice about it, but I'm coming to get somebody. <laughs> the U.S. Army. Good luck. <laughs> hey, um, I'm, <laughs> I was a captain. I know how it works. <laughs> that's right. So he said, I love what you're doing. This makes perfect sense. He said, you know what we're really good at? We're really great at trauma. That's about it. We can handle emergencies really well. And he's absolutely right. Look, if you come to me with a broken arm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive you right to the ER and say, get this fixed, right? I'm going to take you to an ortho and say, you got to get this set. There's, I'm not doing that, right? Look, there are some fabulous things that we've come up with in the medical profession. And there are certainly some people that have come to me and I said, listen, we got to get you institutionalized. You're not safe out here, right? You're just not of the right mind. I need you in a safe place so that it's, it's, it's okay for you. It's okay for you to go through this. But you're not safe on the street. You're not safe with your family. It's not a good idea. Let's, let's get you into a place where it's predictable. You'll, have, you'll be able to go through whatever you need to go through and we'll find the right medications to keep you safe for a while and get your mind right or at least stable and then we can work on it long term. So yes, they have a place and, and look, if somebody comes to me with an infection that is way, way past my ability, I'm going to say, go, go to the doctor and get that Go get right. that antibiotic, right? You need that right now. It's not, <laughs> let's it's, let's not, not be foolish. It's right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, but wouldn't you? Yet how many people are they seeing do that? Yeah. Just yeah. Vitamin C. No, I don't think right. that no, I, I think too far God. Let's just yeah. take care of this now. And the long-term stuff we'll address. But for now, let's just keep you alive. And... So, yes, a lot of the medications and the pharmaceuticals, they're fabulous in a lot of ways. But when you start to see them working in these very silly, nuanced areas where they're looking at, and again, think about it from a pharmaceutical corporation in that bell-shaped curve of here is our, here's our standard norm so that this is, this is the control. And if untreated, we're going to get this number, Right. But if we throw this particular chemical at, at it under the bell-shaped curve, we're going to get 13 to 12%. That's a win for us, right? So we're going to go with it. We're going to market this, and we're going to say this will treat this, and you'll feel much better if you don't get the following side effects, including death, <laughs> right? You listen to no, it all I, the time. And you go, I, you see, I, that's, the pro that's the problem on TV. People yeah. believe what they see, not what they hear. I, I always tell people when the commercials come on for medications, close your eyes. Okay? <laughs> then if you close your eyes off. and just <laughs> listen, you would never take mm -hmm. anything that they're advertising. Okay? Because they'll, they they'll talk about the fact that your head will 
shrivel up and fall off yet you'll see these beautiful you know like by the way if you take this for for ra you might have a fatal infection and and, and your toes are going to fall off and and you're going to get something that's you're going to get you're going to kill your family and and you'll be a family annihilator and they have this person smiling and playing baseball and stuff like this and nobody's listening Nobody's yes. like they just told you it's going to poison you, and if you look it up, it's not yeah. like you know the risk benefit factor is all risk and no benefit. Why would you right. do that? I don't know. And again, they me if I use that, if I use it, MMS, you know. I mean, come on. <laughs> yes. But again, you know, if you fall within that fifteen percent range within within that bell shaped curve, you're good, and they will have people that will come forward and say, <laughs> you know, I can I can swim again, I can play with my grandchildren, and like you said, they're skipping and frolicking through the woods. And what they're not saying is, well, they do say it, but what you don't see is that person lying in bed saying, I can't feel my feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's it's ludicrous, we make, but it's true. How many fluoroquinolone tykes patients we treat? Well, I'm one of How them, many right? fluoroquinolone tykes yeah. dig it? You know, yeah. people who FQ since from other antibiotics. Yeah. You know, how many, what's worse is how they're, Nord, you know, yeah. uh, and it's Nord yeah, not only like, a good it's, diagnostic, but to, it's, yeah, it's not just it's it's not all wrong, you know. Again, if you need that, no, it isn't. Please Nothing's all take wrong. it. Let's make sure you get that right now. Let's make sure you get that permission mm -hmm. and fill it and take it. Right. And please complete it right and stay on it until I tell right. you to get off or somebody else says get off of it now. Yeah, it's it's a matter of. There's a there's a concept that I throw at some people um, when I'm having consults with them, and and they're uh, not gainsaying everything that I'm saying, but they're very well read, and you know they, they, you know they have something to say about everything that I've said, and I'm like, okay, well, that, my first question in my head is like, why are you consulting me? Uh, yeah. But what they're really saying is, I really can't put it together. And I'm yeah. look, and they can't put, they can't triage. So I look at them and say, "Gee, I know you may react to X, but you've got bigger fish to fry here. Yeah. If you take the antibiotic, I'll we'll clean up what the antibiotic does, yeah. okay? Because we yeah. understand the effects. But yeah. you're too far gone. If you've got very yeah. bad strep, you could get rheumatic fever. You get rheumatic fever, you can get rheumatic heart disease. Yeah. And if you're a woman and you're pregnant, you get pulmonary edema." Yeah. You know, and it would be this. A practitioner looked down a, a woman's throat, so this bead throat knew it was strep and said, oh, let's just, you know, paint it with gingin violet and here's your vitamin C and let it progress. When, oh. All right, maybe we'll take that. We'll, <clears throat> we'll backfill with probiotics. We'll get your cells working again. You know, uh, it's a these are clinical decisions, but you have yeah. to have the experience and the training to make those decisions, and there are you have to put them in the proper order. Right. Um, and that, I, I'm afraid to ask this question. Um, who or what? But at first, I was going to say who or what are you, but I already I've already seen your DNA, so I know you're human. Uh, all evidence to the contrary, of course. Uh, but <laughs> uh, by the way, everybody, uh, John's going to be here just for a little while longer, and uh, I tell you something, this man. He's being low edge. He is a fountain of information and looks at it from different points of view. And if you've got questions, this is a good time to dial 646-595-2277. You can't get a 
somebody you know i first of all i don't let people on my referral list unless they're excellent and john and john's really excellent okay and brings many many years of experience and eclectic experience to each encounter um so if you have uh, questions that you think are off the wall okay this is the time to bring them out nobody's going to laugh at you you don't have to tell us your real name and i'm not going to publish your phone number okay so it might be a good idea for you to call right now okay 646-595-2277 so like i said i'm afraid to ask this last question here but um who or what inspires you and what are you passionate about and and i think i'll put my lid on the word on now go ahead okay <laughs> The inspiration again. That's that that comes from inside. There's that word inspiration is is a really important word in my life because that the base root to that is uh, spirit and spiritu, right? The the Latin derivative right. is from spirit. That is really where it comes from because in the physical world, yeah, you can see lots of re just extraordinary things on the planet. Both just the the nature of, of of the of the natural world as well as humanity, but you can also see so much pain and suffering in it. To be able to work in in this field in any way, shape, or form, even as an environmental toxicologist, and even doing ecological restoration, you walk into places that are damaged. They've been they've been harmed terribly. You meet people that have been harmed terribly. And you could be overwhelmed, and this is why I see so frequently, and this is one of the hard or most difficult things I saw in the clinics, was they they created sort of this coldness towards the whether it's the patient or the way engineers or geologists were treating the earth in terms of healing it, and I felt it. I could feel that pain. That's that empathic energy that you can feel. And I know that if I was allowing, if I allowed that empathic energy to overwhelm me, I wouldn't be able to perform or work in any any capacity. So I had to learn the boundaries. I had to learn how to be compassionate, whether it was towards the earth or, or towards a human being or an animal or anything else that is living, any sentient being, and and find a way that said, you are here to help this, this heal. And again, that can be the, an ecosystem, it can be a human being, it could be a plant, an animal, whatever it is. When you can feel that inner connection to your spirit, it, it allows you to work in ways, maybe longer hours, maybe look a little, little deeper, maybe work a little harder, maybe get past the hard stuff that most people give up on. So, for example, those people that come in to me, and they, as, as you said, bring in the boxes full of stuff, and everyone's given up on them. There's something inside of me that says, this person is a spirit first and foremost, and I've got to connect to that first. Then I can see them as the human being for what they are and the courage that it's taken them to continue staying alive throughout all these hellish weeks, months, years even, decades, some of these people. That's an inspiration to me because they're putting a huge amount of trust in, in who I am and what I do. And that is a huge vote of confidence. It's also very humbling in, in that it, it forces me into a place that says, then I've got to find a way. I have to work more. 
for this and and I have to work harder and find the answers to the to the source of their their ailments that's that's an inspiration the art is an inspiration to me because it's a creative place you're vulnerable when people come to me they have to be vulnerable they have to tell me the truth I have to ask them the hard questions I've heard you mm-hmm. work with some of my patients with and you said and asked questions the really hard questions but you did it with a sensitivity and and a deafness that is again it shows how you work from a real deep place of humility to ask those questions and it's soft enough so that they're not afraid to reveal it and hide behind let's say the thing that they've been hiding behind for 20 30 40 50 60 years they don't have to hide from it they can actually answer you that is such an inspiration to work with you, to work with others that can do exactly that, to show their vulnerability enough so that another person can be vulnerable, that person that is in a state of disease, and they can reveal. And good Lord, that helps them to, to, to become well, doesn't it? It really does allow them a pathway out. It's a doorway to, to the wellness. So that inspiration comes from, it's a spiritual place, it comes from this earth, it comes from all of those extraordinary teachers that loved me and they had tremendous patience with me because God knows I knew everything I thought until I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling. (laughs) I know the feeling. I have to be, it's like Sean, he's like incredibly patient, he's got to explain something 12 times to me before I sit there and go, Oh, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And many of them have passed by now, but I'm sure they're smiling at me and they're going, see, I told you. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But they you still know? love me. I know they love me and they cared for me and they, they got me through some very difficult times. And especially in that those areas of confusion when I was trying to combine that spiritual truth about myself, the emotional wellness that I had to find for myself, as well as the the science and the arts and everything else that belongs in my world. Because we are often told that you have to take a career path and that's it. And mine happened to meander all over the planet in in dozens of different ways. And I loved them. I've loved every part of it. So, you know, the inspiration... It's a, a, you can, you can look at, you know, it's going to be said at your, at your passing is it will be a life well lived. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, and that's you something give. I do look at on a daily basis. If if it ended today, any day I could look at it and say, I loved my life. I really did. I squeezed the juice out of every one of them. Right? <laughs> that's how it's then. I don't want to be on, on my deathbed going, I didn't do it. Damn, I didn't do it. I should have. I could have. Right? The plane's going down, and I'm sitting there going, Oh, geez, I didn't. I should have. <laughs> I didn't tell her I loved her. I should have said that. Oh, damn it! No, I want it's to make true. sure. It's true. I want to make sure everyone in my life knows how much they're loved, including everyone of my patients, everyone that walks in the door. I want them to know how important they are on this planet. And again, as I said before, it doesn't make you any more special than the next person, but your your value for just being here it can be revealed to you, and I can hardly wait for you, for you to see that. Does that make sense? It is. Uh, yes, it does. And I've, I've seen how you've acted with your patients and the depth uh, and the lengths that you go to to achieve 
um, that result. Uh, one of the reasons that I respect you as a practitioner so much is you walk the walk, you talk the talk, and you make sure that each person gets what they need. Um, and you really put yourself out. Uh, you, you're um, you're you're an anomaly in the uh, unfortunately an anomaly in, in the uh, healthcare practitioner world, but a very needed and loved anomaly. Um, you mentioned Hawaii. You mentioned the American Indian. I know there's something special about American Indians. You mentioned it the other day. Not that I understood it, but uh, you are you are a yes what? Yes yes. Chaka Cheyenne, it's in there. I got that warrior blood in me. Both sides. My father is of Hawaiian descent, also warriors. But you know, these were conquered warriors. And so it's if you think about back to the fifties when I came into the planet, and those worlds were not things you you held in pride. Those were things you hid. Right? You mm -hmm. they they said we will have nothing to do with that. You are an American yeah, right. You're in a upper middle class well, that was in Southern California, <laughs> right? And we were so yeah, we were fighting cowboys and Indians on television back then. And I was thinking, wait a minute, I, I want to be oh, a God. cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> I we, this is a family show, so I won't use the word the phraseology. But what I was driving at was uh, in the American Indian um, community. You've done some study, and you yeah. are a you got your pipe, and that means a sacred, a sacred pipe carrier. Yes, when you, when you're a pipe carrier, you've gone through the training, you've you've shown the discipline, you've um, learned the prayers, the songs, you've gone out on your um, on your what they call humbleche, which is your vision quest. You've done your sweat lodges. You learn the sweat lodge and how to how to run them, and there's it it's. So much of it is learning who you are and what you truly need on this planet and what you mean to this planet and to the community and how spirit keeps you alive. So they take things away from you. They take away the things you think you need. So the food, the water, the shelter, the clothing, and they show you how quickly, how quickly you can die and somehow or another you stay alive whether it's through dancing through the Sundance for days or hours in the full heat of the sun or sitting on a rock or up on the, on the mountain without any of these things. And that, there's that first part where you say, oh, God, you know, I'm hot or I'm cold or these bugs are biting me in. And what happens if? And so there's that first layer of that physical fear that comes along and you get through it. And somehow you get to the next stage where you start to go to the emotional part. You know, I'm scared to be here, or what if they leave me? And your, your mind goes crazy until you go a little deeper, and then you get into a, a different phase where it becomes more of the energy of being here. You, make, you start to make the connection to the air that you breathe. You're making connection to the clouds up there and the, and the earth and the grass, and you're seeing the, the insects, and you're seeing the animals, and then it starts to move towards the next stage, which is more of that spiritual energy. And you recognize your connection to all of these things, and you say, I'm safe. I'm perfectly safe here, and I know I am now. And they want you to hold that. They want you to feel that. And you receive information that you could not get if you were uh, completely safe in your home and with, with all the 
the normal things that you would have right down to the electronics and, and the, then the switch that flips on or the water that turns on. You are with nothing, but at the same time, you have everything and you know it. And there's a peace that comes over. There's a calmness that comes into you. And there's, there's a recognition that who you are is not who you think you are at all and that you're connected to all things, which is why they say uh, we are all related. Um, and that is um, uh, one of the things that you, you start with. In, in all your prayers and you end with all your prayers. When you learn these things, you, you, you have to live up to, or I wouldn't even say live up to, maybe it's live down to, to the place of humility that says, I know where I belong. And it's not this ego that is, is going to run it anymore. It's this spirit, it's this soul that is going to speak to me, this deeper spirit that is connected to all things, that is now going to guide me. So the moral, ethical part, I don't have to be concerned in terms of am I, you know, am I following the, the moral, ethical code of medical, uh, it, this is a much higher place that says you, you have to do the right thing and you don't have a choice in that because if you do, if you do not, let's put it that way, you will lose all of your, your energy, you will lose all of your power, all of your healing power, you will lose your power to be here, and it will be taken from you, and you'll see that very quickly. And unfortunately, some of the people that I went through some of the training with, or a lot of the training with, when they did go against that internal law, I watched how they fell, and it was painful to watch, and to this day I could cry just thinking of how their their ego grabbed the power and and tried to make it theirs and it hurt to see them fall and as i said i, I still feel choked up about it because i see how much they hurt from it and i see how they they hurt the community with it as well but having that you are also given this very deep sense of love and care that just goes beyond the physical world. It goes into that, into that infinite and eternal place that says, I am connected to all of you, and it is my responsibility now. So carrying that pipe, it's a reminder, and it's with me constantly. It says that you have a responsibility now. When they give you your name, your medicine name, and you take that name, it's, it's a powerful feeling. You wouldn't imagine it. So when they give you that name and they give you your naming ceremony and they hand it to you, you feel how much you have to grow. And for me, it was, it, again, it, it's such a humbling experience and it remains to this day that if ever my ego wants to grab that power, I am reminded instantaneously it's not yours and it can be taken away from you at any, any moment. So stay, stay awake, right? You are. You're an amazing man, John. Now, tell the uh, tell the audience if they wanted to consult with you, um, how would they get in touch with you? Yes, they could. Uh, the easiest way is to go right to my web website, and that's sacredsurfhealing.com. And yes, I love to surf. That is a big part of my life. That's a big part of my inspiration, and it's also another way to keep me humble. That is something that uh, I keep in my mind every day. 
getting in the ocean <laughs> is a constant reminder of how large the world is and how small I am, but also how I can work harmoniously with it. I'm um, on your website right now. I love looking at uh, all the animals. What's the significance of the bear on the upper right-hand side? I worked with um, with a, a man whose medicine was the bear, and he is actually related to um, uh, to Chief Sitting Bull, and uh, through that lineage. And at the time, I kept getting visions when I was a really young man. I kept getting images of this man who kept turning into a bear. So I would paint this. One of my favorite images was painting this man turning into a bear or this bear turning into a man. And I kept wondering why I would get this until I finally got to the reservation and we started working together. And he was one of my very favorite uh, people to work with, a medicine man that helped me through so much of uh, of all the transitions I went through. And uh, he also put me through the bear medicine training, which <laughs> if, uh, if you ever had to go through that, you will, you will keep your head down. <laughs> uh, that, that, if you come to my office, everything's bears around here. So <laughs> yes, I have lots of bears around me too. So there's our connection there too. There's not, well. You can't swing a dead cat in my office, not hit a bear. You know? <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> so the bear, the bear comes out of, of the West. Uh, and in the West, that is where the the thunder beings come, which are these really powerful beings. When you think about those those storms that come out of the west, they are mm -hmm. terrified. They just tear right through it, and especially if you're out in in the plains where you, you there's no place to hide from those things. Right. And there's those, nothing that slows them down. Yeah, exactly. And those cyclones drop down, and they'll just tear it right up. And the lightning that hits, the water that hits. It's absolutely terrifying, and again, it brings us back to this state of, that says, I am very small here. And when you go into what they call the, the bear lodge or the sweat lodge, it brings you into that very, very deep place into where your ego resides. That's in, like into the cave of the bear. Mm -hmm. And you have to face those fears. You have to face your lies, your your uh, misapprehensions, your 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 hatred, all those things that sit inside you in those dark places, you have to face them and sit with them. And it works into you because if you don't confront them, it just makes things worse. It exacerbates it. And so by sitting in that, facing the West and working with them there, uh, the purification that comes from it, Ultimately, there's a freedom that comes from, from being with the bear. And again, the bear has this incredible power of, of timing. The bear knows when to go into hibernation. It knows when to come out. It knows when to have her cubs. It knows how to protect those cubs. It knows where the ripe berries are. It knows when to find the fish at the right location. So it's, it's about timing. And that bear can go on four legs. It will burrow. It will also stand up on, on the hind two legs, which again, so it says, I can go underneath, I can go within. I can walk and be grounded on my, my four legs, and I can stand on two legs with this mind with this, to look around to see more clearly. And, and I have this awesome power from standing up on, the, on my hind legs. 
So there's there's so much to the bear. It goes on and on and on. But the teachings are there continually for me, and and they're a reminder also of the protection that I get from the bear. That it's it's always working with me. That power is always there with me. Wonderful, one of wonderful. Many. One of many. So your your website is. Um, let me go get it again so I can repeat it. It is sacredsurfhealing.com. Uh, your phone number, should anybody want to get in touch with you, is 203-956-7226. And you're located in Connecticut, correct? Yes, yes, but I travel. Okay, do you, do you see, uh, you do travel, and do you see people remotely? I mean, look, yeah, I treat everybody yeah, on I, Skype. I, I, Skype, yep, I use Skype, I use... Okay, just want to let everybody know, because that's yeah. a question I forever... And asked. And uh, one more time, last time, people. Okay, um, if you want to ask a question, it's 646 595 2277. That's 646 595 2277. You would, uh, <laughs> I, I know working with John would be an um, incredible experience. Uh, so um, if you're looking, um, if you're looking for somebody who can truly put it all together and think about it when you're working with Sean, you get a certain more scientific bend. Uh, with me, it's kind of in the middle with John. It's more in the spiritual, but you have everything. Plus remember anybody who's on our list, we speak with one another and we don't have any problems, uh, talking with one another when we hit walls. And that's, um, something that you know uh you don't get everywhere so uh remember when you go to methylationsupport.com and, and click that recommended methylation practitioner list you're not just getting one person you're getting the whole list and um you know that's that's something very very special john it's a pleasure having you on the show it was uh very informative i enjoy you as a person i love chatting with you you laugh the same things i laugh at it was very cool <laughs> i just want to thank you for your time and your expertise and your dedication it's a beautiful thank thing you. man yeah. you know I'm and um thank you so much and um you take care okay okay great Please all right buddy bye-bye Okay, everybody, I'm going to be closing the show right now. Um, we're going to be um, uh, having some different practitioners on, but I've been hinting on the blogs that uh, I've been uh, running into some research and some uh, some substances that I think are going to be a game changer and um, kind of just dangle the carrot for a little while as I learn more and do my due diligence uh, because, uh, you know, I don't hawk products, but... Um, Sometimes I run across something that I think would help everybody <laughs> with almost everything. So I'll be uh, writing about it pretty soon and um, letting you know what I'm thinking. Uh, and um, hopefully um, don't have an awful lot to announce tonight. So I think I'll just say goodnight and thank you for your attention and thank you for your participation as always. And we've just passed 95,000 listeners. I don't know if I could stand the strain. And I just want to thank you so much. This past couple of years have been beautiful. Um, I enjoy doing um, doing this show. Uh, over the summer, we do it every other week. But very soon, we're going to be doing it every week again. And uh, any ideas of subjects that you'd like us to speak about, uh, anybody who you 
can think of that would um, make a good uh, person to interview. I'm forever open to such things. Okay, as long as they're uh, within our, you know, our capabilities of of uh, having them on and um, they're of the same mind as we are, it's a wonderful thing. So I will say good night and I will see you guys in about a week or two. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time But my time is finally near I can feel the change in the way right now Nothing's in my way And I'm not gonna hold it down no more No, I'm not gonna hold me down Don't forget, everybody. We're talking about strength and faith. I know that all of you out there with what are considered incurable or untreatable diseases are the strongest people we know, and we're here to support you. Not to continue your disease, but to cure it. You can see how many ways and how many angles we look at. Okay. That's why we're doing what we're doing. That's what bioindividualized medicine is all about. You guys have a great week. Thanks a lot for listening.